You are listening to More to the Story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, More to the Story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday Sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Now, here is more to the story. Welcome to the Forefront Church Podcast. This week, we have a very special guest with us. But first, Pastor Darren Enns, welcome to the podcast. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's been two weeks since we've actually been here together. So, yeah, good to be back. It's been nice to get everyone back together. Pastor Drew Tarwater, welcome back. How are you doing? Doing great. Yeah, it's been too long, guys. Great to be back together. And with, I'm Rob Blasey, and with us today, Oscar Delo, I mean, Oscar Palencia <laughs> with Land of Hope. Hey I just guys. want to call you Oscar De La Hoya every <laughs> time, brother. just so you know. That's okay. <laughs> the golden boy. I, I get you guys mixed fan. up all the time. <laughs> I'm the golden. How boy. you doing, sir? I'm doing really good. Doing good. Really happy and and thankful to be together this morning. No, ab- absolutely. You're with the organization Land of Hope. What got you started with that organization and got you going with it? So before I was uh, before I accepted Christ uh, seven years ago, um, for some reason I felt that um, I was in a really dark place in my life. And for some reason, I felt like uh, something was calling me to work and help the kids at the landfill. And uh, that was 10 years ago. I'm sorry, 2009, since wow. I went the first time to the landfill. And I, when I went to that landfill, I saw so many kids playing in the garbage. In the beginning, I thought they were playing. But later, at the end of my day there, I noticed that they were working. And not, I'm not talking Ooh. about teenagers. I'm talking about toddlers. I'm talking about babies being in the dump. So uh, then at the end of that day, I saw a kid eating from, uh, from the garbage. So pretty much rocked my world, changed my life, and I felt like uh, uh, that's where I needed to be. So pretty much I left everything. But the craziest thing is that I wasn't a Christian at the time. That's amazing how God was working on your heart before you even accepted into yours. Yes, it's just, I'm so thankful. I cannot deny that he has been with me this whole time. And now that I know him and I know that he has a purpose for my life, it's just so wonderful to, to just walk in faith, knowing that he's with us. Oscar, it's been really beautiful to be partnered with you the last few years and get to see your ministry at work and how God has, has blessed and provided for you. Um, but tell our listeners and then Rob and Darren a little bit about your journey that led you from having that initial tug on your heart to where the ministry is today. Oh yeah. So in 2009, we started, I started at, uh, the nonprofit and, um, to be honest with you, I couldn't leave the dump. I couldn't go back to my comfy place in Antigua and uh, go back to my comfortable lifestyle and knowing that there was kids eating from the garbage. So pretty much I started a nonprofit and um, 
I was trying to raise money. I was putting money from my pocket and everything. And what we started doing was a um, soup kitchen. So we were pretty much hauling everything from where I live in Antigua, which is a beautiful place, uh, going all the way to the coast, about an hour and a half, bringing everything, a stove. I had a turkey um, burner. And that's where I, <laughs> that's how I did everything. Like I set up like a, a soup kitchen at the dump and I loved it. Oh, wow. There was so many kids around me and I, and at that time I was so lonely. I was so empty. I didn't have a purpose in my life and, uh, and I was really seeking that. So for some reason I felt love at the dump, but uh, then years passed by and I was growing really hardened towards the people because I was putting every single thing, every effort into it and nothing was changing. People were like, uh, can you imagine being at the dump? It's one of the darkest places I have ever been. And, but uh, I found joy seeing those kids. But uh, years later, I was like so burned out thinking, what am I doing here? There's no way that I can continue with this. I ran out of money. I put all my savings into it. I lost it. And uh, there's nothing. It's only me. And people are not even helping out. So at the end of that journey, it was 2014. And I believe that was the end of my life. Because being at the dump, going back from the dump back to my place, it, it was really hard because uh, not only I got hooked drugs in college but uh at that time that was the only way that i was able to feel fulfill that void in my heart and so every time that i was going back to antigua my place i was getting into drugs and alcohol and um it was getting like a, a spiral so uh, june 2014 came and there was three girls from georgia that came to help and at that time, I was ready to shut down everything. I had no more money, and they came to just check it out. And I was just like, uh, all right, they can come and check it out. One more tourist that wants to come and help and feel good about it, who cares? This is going to be the last time. They went, they loved it, and they called their parents, and they said, Mom and Dad, we're, we found where God wants us to be. There, there were three Christian girls. And, uh, oh, and I amazing. was, my goodness, I saw that and I was like, uh, I, to be honest with you, I used to make fun of them. <laughs> like, uh, they always wanted to pray for the food and I'm like, I pray for what? Is there a God here? Look at what the kids, and to be honest, like, uh, what I was experiencing at that time was, uh, witnessing how parents were abusing their kids, how their uncles mm. were abusing their kids. Kids were being in human trafficking. And uh, I was like uh, getting so weighted by that stuff. And that took me deeper into drugs. So what part of town were like, what town was the dump in, by the way? It is called Esquintla. Esquintla. And what, like, what's that? What's the, what does it look like there? If, I, if we went to go visit, like what's there, what's the community look like? Is it like low, all poverty or is there yeah. uh, like, what, what's it look like when we go? So it, the church is going to send a team in October and um, 
they might be able to tell you a little bit more about it, but um, it's a it's a poor community. Like 30 years ago, it used to be like a beautiful place. Like uh, if you walk around, uh, hopefully soon we're going to walk, uh, walk around together. And uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of kind of like a houses that have been uh, left with pools and everything. And so 30 years ago, it used to be a beautiful place. But now since they started dumping garbage there, it just became like a, a dump. Like, a, like an abandoned, like really nice <laughs> houses, but are, they're abandoned, abandoned and just completely run down. That's right. Really? Wow. That's right. I, I remember what, when, when Drew and, you, and the Saldines went, you came back and you gave us pictures and there was just this red glow. Right, that's right. And the, that's the dump right. is just burning, like the, yeah, the burning. gas and stuff. And and you gave the report. It's like it's a literal picture of Gehenna yeah, outside of it. Jerusalem that's in the it. Bible. Like that's it. That's what it's turned into now. Yeah, yeah. I and love it's that. really, I love that. Really, uh, this stark image you really can't lose when you drive through the landfill, because as you go, you see all these workers and they're digging through for recyclables and these things. This is their job. But then you look off and you see black tarps and those that you as you get closer you realize these are huts and there's families that are living on these huts and underneath the hut is just trash and underneath that trash is burning flames That's right. you know in different sections mm -hmm. and you just can't imagine especially living in in the you know 21st century america we we, we see some a lot of poverty here in america but it's a whole different level mm -hmm. when you think about um, the just how these little kids and their families yeah. are living yeah. on top of a trash heap, and yeah. we're talking a mountain size trash heap, Huge. not a small area, but just acres, like after a fourteener. <laughs> maybe not quite a fourteener. But Oscar, I have a question for you because what you were talking about, like you're, you started this ministry before you became a Christian, yeah, right? And there's there's conversations that I've had with people like. You and, and, and it's like you can be a good person without being a Christian, but your testimony is kind of like saying that wasn't really possible mm -hmm. no. in your case because there's this internal fight of like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Nothing's really changing. And so your motivation or, or your, I don't know, your thoughts were not about the people. They became not about the people at all. Initially, it was like That's that, right? right? right. But then as you, you started this whole thing, it became like you became internally angry that nothing changed and with yourself and it drove you to this really dark place where that's you right. met Jesus. That's that's it. Yeah. You just described it, brother. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, like, I grew up Catholic. Mm. And through my journey, I believe since I was a little kid, I always had a fear of God. And I seek, I knew there was someone... A superior and a, a creator and everything, but I really didn't know. I never heard the gospel. We, my my family, my mom goes to church, still goes to church every single day, and early in the morning. Wow. That's the first thing that she does, and she used to drag us to church. But I never heard the gospel, so I I used to thought that I needed to do like a that I have to earn my way to heaven, mm. and when I heard about this man. That just by believing in him, I can be safe. And that is not by works, it's by faith. Oh my goodness, it rocked my world. <laughs> it just changed my life. Seriously. <laughs> it was just. That's what it's supposed wonderful. to be. That's awesome. <laughs> it was like, a, and the truth is that a, it used to be a non for profit, it was a charity, actually. And now 
in 2014, when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, from then on, not only I grabbed on that I'm a new creation, the old has gone and the new has come. And I have that ministry of reconciliation because I was reconciled with my king. Since then, we turn it into a Christian ministry. And now uh, we're walking by faith. You know, Oscar, we, we love to say around here that God is really early, but he's never late. Amen. And that's right. In hearing your story and your testimony, you know, I, I picture you at this moment where you're getting ready to, to call it quits. And then oh, God man. brings three Christian girls from Georgia who have a heart <laughs> from missions, who heard about the land of hope, and they come and see what's going on in their hearts. Was it the land of hope then? Though? That's a good question. We didn't have the land of hope. Pretty okay. much, he took us from the dump. Yeah. And like a, the craziest thing was that after we turned it as into a Christian ministry, a month later, somebody from the north uh, had a, something in their heart and gave the money to buy the land of hope. Like wow. I got <laughs> yeah. acted like that. So beautiful. So tell us a little bit about how the land of hope developed from you buying a piece of land because someone's generous donation yeah. to now a, a soup kitchen, a church, a malnutrition center, a birthing center, multiple uh, multi-use family homes. Yes. Just a beautiful yes. property. You have three wells on the property Amen. now, Amen. a bathhouse. I mean, you've That's transformed right. this community. It's How did God that all happen over the course of just these handful of years? It's been God. I, I am witness of his love and mercy. He's been doing it so beautifully. So, uh, so, so, for you guys to wrap it around, it, I have to tell you this. Like uh, in 2014, that was the worst and the darkest year for me in my life, but the most beautiful too. So when I met these girls, I was ready to quit everything. I remember, I just want to take a second to, to say this because I was a coward. I was trying to end the pain. And every time that I tried, it hurt. And I didn't want it to hurt. So I remember saying goodbye to everybody, getting in a truck. Melesio, the guy who is right now my, that I'm discipling, uh, he was kind of like a, those people that you pay like a ride and they kind of like a taxi cab, but in a truck. So Melesio, we got everything into the, the back of the truck. We got in the truck. I said my last goodbyes because... Finally, I had the courage that uh, I wanted to end my life. I was so eager to go back, and I had everything to OD. So I was ready to get back to home. Well, I didn't have a home at that time because my family kicked me out. I was a, a junkie, a drug addict, crack and cocaine. And uh, wow. so heading back, I was just so, believe it or not, happy to end my life. Couldn't wait to get back. So this girl, Phoebe, she says, I don't know, but uh, would you like to come to a Bible church, a Bible study? And uh, man, it was, it seemed like it was the thing that I was seeking for my life. And I, I just jumped and I just jumped to that opportunity. I remember coming into the church and I was just, I just felt that Jesus was there and embraced me. And from then on, I was I accepted Christ. I really did accept the Christ. So from then on, 
without nothing but a huge pile of debt because that was one of the reasons I wanted to end my life. I couldn't keep up with paying uh, drugs and what I have used before, keep, uh, keep up with paying everything. People were already uh, trusting that I was going to bring food to the, to the landfill. Didn't have that anymore. And I, oh, <clears throat> sorry. And I owe a lot of people. So from nothing, he gave us a new purpose. And I remember saying, God, Lord, thank you for this new life. I have never felt in peace with joy. Now I, I, I have something to live, and I want to live for you, Lord. Send me anywhere you want, but Amen. the dump. <laughs> Can you send me to the mountains? I want to preach. I want to I want to tell everybody because for a reason I feel cheated by the church, like uh, the Catholic Church. I feel cheated that they never told me about this man Jesus. They never shared the gospel with me. So I I took it upon me to share it with the kids. So that's how it started. So we later got like a month later God gave us the land of hope. Uh, in the land of hope, in the beginning, I wanted to bring everybody that was living at the dump and uh, live at the, at, at the land of hope. But uh, little by little, we noticed that uh, not everybody is seeking God and they're seeking themselves. Mm -hmm. So uh, in five years, brother, what? Five years, yeah. Or yeah, five years, we have, a, he has not only put houses there for people that are seeking God. Like uh, we're dealing with people that are like a hard, hard, really horrible backgrounds, but are redeemed now. They are seeking him. Uh, we have a church. It's an open air church that serves uh, not only as a church, but also as a multi-purpose area. We have a, a kitchen that we serve over 300, sometimes 400 servings a day. It's from Monday through Saturday. Uh, we have um, a daycare where we have some of, and it, we're starting. We're, our, our heart is that uh, instead of uh, the parents taking or mothers taking the kids to the landfill, they can drop them at the land of hope so we can take care of them from seven, I'm sorry, from eight to four. We not only wash them, we uh, care for them. Uh, they have a breakfast, a snack, lunch, and snack. So we're also fighting malnutrition with those mm -hmm. kids there. We have a malnutrition clinic that is being built. And, well, we just finished it, but we need to kind of fundraise for uh, furnishing the place. Also, we have a, a women's center that is going to take care of the women. Because this is the craziest thing. Uh, before, I just... Well, some years ago, found out that uh, the kids didn't have a birth certificate. And that was because mm. most of the kids were born at the dump with the midwives. And, wow. and midwives there is not like uh, midwives here. It's more like a witch, witches. Mm. Like uh, mm. the, If you want to put like a spell on someone, you go to the midwife. If, oh, you, wow. if you're sick, you go to the midwife. If you are pregnant, you go to the midwife. So most of the kids that are running around just by the grace of God, they're, they're alive. So it's uh, the land of hope is just becoming to be uh, 
center, uh, a community center in Christ. And it's just like an oasis of light in the middle of the darkness. I love what my brother was saying about Gehenna. It really feels that way. That it's like a, we are right there. And I believe our purpose and mission right now for the leaders that God is raising at the land of hope is for us to go at the gates of hell and get and try to uh, take away most souls that we can. That's awesome. I love how you talk about purpose so much and how you like your passion for that and even how it came before your, you know, your relationship with Christ. What would you tell like young men who are striving for a purpose to go like, like, cause you, I find it interesting. Like you found something you hated and you wanted to fix it there. You know, like how many people, cause I always, you always hear this, like, I want to do what I love. I want to do this. Like, what would you tell young men today that are struggling with their purpose? Put God first, and uh, He'll he, He'll give you. Like a, I, one thing that I love is that my identity is not what I used to be. I was a drug addict, but in Christ, I'm a new creation, and He's my identity. So in Christ, walking in Christ, united in Christ, not only I'm I'm with His family, His church, adopted into His family, but also I will find day by day. What is my purpose? And the, my purpose, our purpose together is to serve the king. And the cool thing uh, for the young people that we're dealing with, because we're really dealing with kids that are either in gangs or about to be pregnant. So what we're trying to tell them to reach to them is believe, believe in him. He has something better than you can even provide for yourself. Just believe and uh, he will show you you will not lack anything you won't desire anything in christ have you had uh, I, i'm curious to know because you're working with the kids and stuff um have you had any that that grow up and you know become of age and what what typically happens do they stay there around and and continue to work with you or do they go uh to, to a city or like what what happens or do you have a vision for how yes. to, to get them to, to a certain place so what we, uh, what I'm trying to tell everybody, let's get excited about living in the kingdom. So I believe, like by faith, he's doing everything. Like uh, for example, I have our sister Jocelyn. He, she came to Christ about four or five years ago, and she, when she came to Christ, she was uh, a single mother with a really rough background and two kids didn't even finish school, but she was smart mm. and she wanted to. And I asked her, what do you want to do now that you accepted Christ? And she said, well, I've been always wanted to study. So, all right, go to school. <laughs> so she said, how? Well, let's pray. <laughs> and people used to think that I was crazy. <laughs> but I told them, let's put God first. Let's see what, what he does. And long story short, now she's in second year of uh, business in college. So not only she went through high school, it's in college right now. So and good. she's pursuing her dream. And you can ask her, uh, she what she wants to do is after she's done with uh, college, she wants to continue working at the Land of Hope. She wants to continue uh, pouring into others. And she's already doing it. It's just beautiful. 
<laughs> so that's that's it. Like, a, a, so for them for them to come to Christ, one of the things that I have had to experience is that uh, how kind of I was rejected. Uh, when I came to Christ, uh, I didn't find someone that took me in, and I, actually I was homeless. I didn't. Ha- I remember at that church I wanted to stay there. I didn't want to leave. And I, of course, I had a, a motive, you know, like I didn't anywhere. I didn't have anywhere to go. But as a previous Catholic, I thought that that's where he was, what God, where God was. So for anyone that comes into Christ and like experience Christ at the land of hope, eh, I invite them. Want to stay? There's this lady, Yuri. She, eh, we have been with her for a while but uh, about a month ago, she accepted Christ, and uh, and I told her, and she actually she reminded me of this. She said, hey, "I don't have nowhere to go, and I don't want to leave. Stay here well, with that's us." That's great. What Let's I think is great together. with what you're doing now too you're is part like of you're the family. Places to stay. Let's Most people can't dream together. She didn't even know what dream until was. Until feel safe. Dreaming was yeah. and with their surroundings. So you're giving them that <laughs> the walls, the roof, where they can feel safe. They can have food. The, the you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you know, that first level of security so that yes. they can work on the next level. So, no, that's great. If How can we help you out, wow. Oscar? Like as a, as a church, as fellow believers, what can we do to help you and land and the land of hope? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please keep us in your prayers. Uh, I I really I think what God is doing at the Land of Hope is something so like a, a radical, like a, so different than all the churches around, and uh, we are being like attacked the whole time. And uh, because uh, so, please pray for the church. Pray pray for the people that God has been raising. Uh, and also pray for my family. We we it's kind of lonely uh, doing ministry down there. It's hard. I have a wife Phoebe uh, that I don't deserve. I have three beautiful kids that I don't deserve, and it's just beautiful, brother. Because before I became a Christian, uh, ending my life, I didn't even have a dream. I never thought that I could be a father. I never thought I could be a husband. And I didn't even thought I could be a friend. And now he's doing it all for me. <laughs> so pray for, for her family. And also, we also, Phoebe and I, my wife and I are praying for God to raise leaders. And uh, and we really would love to have like a, a missionary family that comes to Guatemala and does life with us. Uh, my, my wife uh, is lonely and... And it will be so nice to be able to do life together, walk together, kind of like a, what is happening at the Land of Hope, but outside of the Land of Hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Oscar, it's uh, just an honor to be on this journey together with you, brother, and brother. Uh, to be connected and partnering. We're, we're super excited to send a missions team down in mid to late October. And then Praise God. love the, um, just, you know, our passion is to send a team every year. And just be the hands and feet of Jesus and come down. As we prepare for that trip, are there any tangible needs, things that we can send? I know you had shared that 
um, if people have old iPhones or old iPads, yes. that you guys could use those? Please. Yeah, we're trying. So uh, one of the things that we're doing as a ministry too as well is that we're uh, supporting the school. The school was about to close down some years ago and it's still the the school the Board of Education wants to close it down for some reason. So what we're trying to do is set up like a Wi-Fi in the Land of Hope so we can, if that happens, the kids can come and study there. But uh, for some reason, uh, we have uh, found out that through iPads and all iPhones, we can connect really easily uh, the students and with the classes. So not only for high school, hmm. but also will be for uh, some of our, well, brand new sisters in Christ have accepted Christ and they have show interest in going through nurse, nursing school. So oh, also it. will be cool to, yeah. to have that, those things. So yeah, if you no, awesome. got an How upgrade with your iPhone with you? What's the best and, way? and have the old iPhone and if you would like to uh, oh, sorry, I, donate I, it I to us, there. we will put so it in. I was just curious how we can stay connected with you. Awesome. I feel like I've got so many of those just sitting in my cabinet. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I'm sorry? Oh, yes. Uh, please, uh, uh, you can. So I think, I believe that God is like doing something really good through Forefront. And I believe that I I just feel part of this church. And I, I think he, he's fusing, like fusing us together. He's bringing us together. How, how so. did, can I ask, how did we, like, I think we were connected with you before I started. So how, what happened, Drew? Like, how did we find Oscar? It was totally a, <laughs> totally a God thing. I was serving it in, um, in Kansas City at a, um, at a church in Kansas City area. And we were looking to take our first mission trip. And so our, our, um, youth director had a connection with someone on Oscar's team. Mm -hmm. I had never heard Oscar's name before, never seen his face. Uh, I had just heard some stories. And so we planned a trip in the, in June of 2018 to go down and to connect with this ministry that was serving that local landfill. And we started having conversations with Oscar's wife, Phoebe, and got really excited and on fire for what they were doing and bought into the vision. And so we took a team of 14 down and we get to the land of hope or we get to the airport in Guatemala city and Oscar's there to pick us up. And Oscar and I looked at each other and immediately we're like, is there really food Drew doesn't like friends. though? That's Just really connect. Yeah. Immediately we're it's talking so about beautiful. our favorite foods and you know, all these kind of things and, and connect. barbecue. Do they have barbecue? Yeah. They've got some of the best barbecue down there. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> You're probably right. But immediately, we, you know, we spent a week serving on the ground and just fell in love with the, the people mm -hmm. of Guatemala, fell mm -hmm. in love with the mission. And uh, when God called us to forefront, um, I didn't want to just bring, you, me, Oscar and I became friends, but I didn't just want to say, hey, we have to support Oscar. So when we got here to forefront, we started going through uh, the vision process of what it looks like for us to partner with a ministry on the ground and to engage in strategy, to be part of the family. And with our missions team here, we began to really feel God was stirring us up for um, new opportunities. Well, I 
during that week of missions kind of strategy planning, I said, hey, well, let me present one ministry opportunity. I don't want to try to um, curb the process, but let me present. And immediately, as people started hearing about Oscar and the Land of Hope, everyone's heart said, that's our ministry. Mm. And so it wasn't a Drew or Courtney Tarwater thing. It was a forefront church Amen. We felt the call to the land of hope and to Oscar and his team. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've sent a vision team down. Since then, we've been able to partner on a few projects. And I'm so excited about, about what God is Huge. doing between Forefront and Oscar and his team at the land of hope. It's becoming this beautiful partnership. Amen. Amen. So there, there's a, a t- back to Rob's question. There, there's a website that we yes. can go to, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. It's uh, www. Buildingwate.org. It's a B U I L D I N G U A T E dot O R G. And I'll, I'll link that in the description for you all. So thank you. you don't that's hard. Re listen to this and type that into your <laughs> no, web browser. And uh, probably some people will ask, uh, building what? Uh, uh, so we're building the kingdom. That's it. We're advancing the kingdom one by one. <laughs> Yeah, and for anybody who wants to get in contact with Oscar directly, reach out to us here at Forefront. Thank you. Um, life Thanks. at ForefrontChurch.tv. We can get you, you know, individual contact information. Oscar, before email, we let you go, is there anything we missed that you want to let people know? We can jump on a Zoom call if you get to know Oscar Boya. and his family and his team. And we'd just love to make those connections. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. Is there anything we missed? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the, does my looks give it away? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, just please pray for unity. Uh, that's what something that God has been pray- putting in my heart. And that's something that we're fighting down there. We're, uh, there's so many churches. And I just believe that we are, one, we are called to bring everybody together with one purpose. And, uh, and I, that's what I love about front, Forefront. And there's unity here, and I love that. So please pray for unity, not only in the States or Guatemala, but the global church, one church united. How wonderful that will be. Absolutely, brother. Well, we love you and and are so thankful that you're with us today. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or thoughts you want to share with us, send them to us here at life at ForefrontChurch.tv. Or if you're in the worship center at some time, you can fill out the communication card and drop it in the back. We'll be happy to hear from you. Oscar, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. We're, we're blessed just to hear your story again and you, you know be encouraged by it. And we're going to be arm in arm with you in prayer with what's going on, on, going on down there. God bless you, brother. Thank you. You have been listening to More to the Story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, more to the story. Podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of More to the Story.